Hello, everyone. Welcome to the goddamn podcast. This is Mark Joseph Bennett coming to you from the XC60 Recording Studios. Guys, I don't know about you, but I am a fat piece of shit. I'll tell you what is I went uh, back to the gym. Been going back slowly but surely over the course of this last week. And uh, today, today I finally got to go at about 3 o'clock because Sam's French nanny is back in Canada. She went to France for a month because that's where she's from. And uh, we missed her because I couldn't leave. He's a toddler. New, new listeners to the podcast, I have a toddler. His name is Sam. And, uh, you know. He keeps me busy, keeps me on my toes in the daytime. So I finally got to go back to the gym at uh, three and to see, to see the brothers, the brothers in muscular arms, my uh, compadres, my gym friends, people I met exclusively at the gym and see exclusively at the gym. I've missed them. Uh, we got uh, Steve, the great Canadian athlete. He was there in full swing. Nick, the bodybuilder. Now, Hisham, the Egyptian prison guard, was not present, sadly. But uh, it was nice catching up with the other guys, you know. Although, like I say, you know, I, you're supposed to go to the gym to feel good about yourself. Well, you're supposed to go to get healthy. But I think that when people go to the gym... They come home and they go, good for me. Look at me. I, I did the right thing. I went to the gym. I'm, I'm improving my health. Pat on the back, right? That is not how I feel. When I go to the gym, all I can do is stare at myself in the mirror and think of all the lost time, the, the years I should have been putting into the gym as opposed to, be, to my beer belly. Just, oh, man. And, like, I still have the Under Armour clothes. You know, I'm not going to throw them out. They're certainly not, you know, worn out. I they're, they're barely used. No matter how old, my oldest Under Armour T-shirt is still pristine. So I was uh, wearing the Under Armour shirt. And the Under Armour shorts, because you got to match, guys. I do actually have Under Armour shoes, which is a bit much. I usually like to have one of the items of clothing off-brand, do you know, so you don't look like such a goddamn douchebag. But um, what could I do? I got a good deal. My fitness pal, that app, it's owned by Under Armour, and uh, they sent me a $40 coupon, $50 coupon, like on a, on a $100 pair of shoes. Kaching, right? So now I look like a fucking Under Armour poster boy, except for the fatness. I don't think Under Armour would want me representing them. <laughs> They're like, could you wear Nike, bud? You're really, you're really ruining our rep here. So I'm just, I'm in the gym. I'm trying to hold the gut in, especially around the boys. Oh, like these guys, like, I mean, sure. Steve, the great Canadian athlete, he's concussed. He's still concussed. 
been dealing with this shit for for a couple of years now. Is it? Is it Steve? I don't know. Let me know in the comments, Steve. He's definitely been, it's been a very long time. He had a car accident and uh, he's still suffering the ramifications of that. Tough, tough to get over a head injury sometimes. But I'll tell you what, he doesn't, he doesn't look like he's injured. He looks, the great Canadian athlete, we might have to change his name soon to the great Canadian bodybuilder because he's, uh, he's getting swole, as the kids say. And Nick, the bodybuilder, it goes without saying that, you know, Nick's still, he's still at it. Never takes a day off this guy. Looking great. Maybe, which makes me feel worse. You know, because these guys, and the thing is, I'm not jealous of them, you know? I'm just, I'm, I'm mad at myself. Because I, I don't think you can be jealous of people who put in the work. Well, I mean, you can be jealous of them. It's just that, you know, you're being a dick. Because if they're willing to go to the gym every day, and they go every day, and they and they have fun without me, but I'm, I'm coming back now. But I've got to drag myself back to the gym on Friday, even though I know this is Wednesday night. You're like, why don't you go tomorrow? Because I don't have the nanny tomorrow. You see? Do you see the predicament I'm in? Guys, I can't improve even if I wanted to. Anyway, there's a... Uh... You know what really annoyed me, though, at the gym? There's this guy, and I have seen him at the gym. I knew this guy before I met my gym friends, Nick and Steve and Hisham. I met... I didn't meet this guy, but it's just we, we always go to the gym at the same time. So back before I had a kid... I used to go to the gym around 1 p.m. Because there's nobody there. You know, just me and a couple of old ladies on the treadmill. It's it's peaceful. It's great. And so once, uh, so after a while, they're uh, signing up at this gym close to my apartment building. There was this guy. And, of course, I noticed him because he's the only other dude who's remotely close to my age that's working out at 1 o'clock. I'm always like, what do you do? I know what I do. I'm a comic. I have my days off. What do you do? I always wonder what these people do. I still don't know what he does. Anyway, and he's got he's got white hair, even though he's a young guy. You know, and I don't know if that's a choice. I don't know if he dyes his hair white or it's just really light blonde or he's uh, an albino. I don't know what qualifies you as an albino. And if I'm being like sort of racist or offensive right now, I apologize to the albino community. But I just don't know a lot about what an albino is or how it works. But I do think they have white hair. That's all I'm saying. Don't come after me with the Me Too movement or some shit. So, this white-haired man, who's in good shape, by the way. I have known this dude. Since I have moved into this apartment in what, 2009? That's nine years. Me and this guy have been going to the gym about the same time. Now, also, since I've had a kid who's almost two now, I've been taking him to the park that's close to the gym. Now, the white-haired man, he has also been in that park a shit ton of times. I, I see him, he's, I don't know, doing soccer drills. I don't know what he's doing, playing frisbee with his girlfriend. 
and I see him all the time, and he sees me, and I nod at him every now and again because that's the guy I see at the gym. You know, you know what I mean when you see the same people day in and day out, and you have that little recognition, but you know, you don't talk to them because hey, fuck people, right? So today, when I I, I sidle up to uh, Nick and Steve. We're all, and they're having a, they're an intense conversation, and they're having it with the white-haired man. And I'm like, the white-haired man, finally, finally we get a chance to shake hands and say hello. And we will have that mutual fucking, hey man, it's been a long time that we have subtly nodded at each other without actually being introduced. And here it is. And of course, it's going to happen around Nick. Because this fucking guy, you can't go anywhere with Nick and uh, and have and uh, not know every single person that walks past. Because they'll stop. They know Nick somehow. Doesn't matter where you are. And I know I said earlier I see these guys exclusively at the gym. That's not exactly true. Nick, well, occasionally we've gone out to dinner. You know, that's how close the gym bros have become. We went out to dinner one time. The guys and all our all of our families, and uh, at the time Nick and Steve were single, so you know it was just me and my family. So any hoozles. I see Nick sometimes. He'll go to my comedy shows, you know, because he's got good taste. And uh, at my comedy show, we'll be standing there post show, and people are walking past and saying hi to Nick. I'm like, hey, this is my fucking show. You talk to Nick at a gym. And I'm like, how do you know all these people? And then he says, ah, girlfriends of his have complained in the past that uh, he's he knows too many people. That when they go out, they just they can't have alone time because people are always talking to him. I'm like, yeah. How do you fucking do that? I mean, not that I'd want that. I mean... I want to want that. I'd love to be the type of person who, you know, enjoys social interaction. Certainly, on that level, I'll never, uh, it'll never happen for me. I, I don't mind a little, a little how you doing, you know? If So anyway, back to the matter at hand. The white-haired man, he shakes my hand, and then Nick says... Wait, are you telling me you guys have never met? Which, of course, I, I know that that sounds strange uh, to Nick. He's he's been he's been at that gym just as long, and so I start in, and I'm like, no, we've never been introduced, but I mean, we see each other all the time. And then the white-haired man says, "I've never seen you. Are you?" Are you fucking kidding me? Right, do you have white hair? Because the bejesus got scared out of you one time and now you have a short-term memory problem? Did you get such a fright that it turned your hair white and you have no memory? And in case he listens to this podcast, because I'm sure Nick will direct him over to the podcast, I think your hair looks cool. I like your white hair. I think it's white. Maybe it's really light blonde. 
But what I can't abide, the dude will not abide that you have never seen me. What are you fucking talking about? For for nine years, dude, from 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. It's just been like me and you in the gym. I remember stories of him talking to other people. There was this prancer, we called her, good friend of mine, Deborah D. Giovanni, hilarious comedian, now lives in Los Angeles. She used to go to the gym with me, this same gym, and we had a lady we called the Prancer because she would get on the treadmill and she would flap her arms like a ballerina, but like do like a skip step like a child. And then she would do this, like, I don't fucking know, this reindeer looking jump. So we called her the Prancer, you know? And one day, Lady Prancer is fucking, she's trying to do the uh, the lat pull down. But I don't know what she's doing. She's bas- she's grabbing the handles and just holding them by her chest. And then she's just dipping to the floor. Like, she's on a seat. And she'll just grab the rope and dip her head to the floor. Doing, like, seemingly a lower back spinal severing maneuver. Just obviously about to kill herself. And the white-haired man goes up to her and says, Hey, um, you know, you might want to be careful doing that. That looks like a might throw your back out a little bit. She was like, Oh, no, I do this all the time. I do this all the time. I'm doing it right. Like, defiant, you know? And the white-haired man's in good shape. You, you should listen, too. I listen to anyone who's in good shape, I got to tell you. If you're in great shape and you tell me something, especially if it's related to food or exercise i'm like that's gotta be right look at you unless you're 20 then go fuck yourself you know when you see those 20 year old trainers especially the ladies do you know what i mean you see those those 20 year old lululemon wearing fucking hot dynamos and they're talking to some 45-year-old lady who's overweight. And they're like, yeah, so here we go. Let's get, we're going to do some lunges. I'm like, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Well, maybe you do. But I have no way to know that you do because you're 20. And this is how you, you're just been, this is how you look. You're, you're not old enough. You know? Anyway, that's just a pet peeve of mine. It's just when you see, when you see a trainer at the gym. Like there's this, there's this 45 year old, maybe 50 year old lady. She's got three kids and she's one of the trainers and she's in good shape. And let me, you listen to everything she has to say. All right. If you can look like that when you're 50 and have three kids, probably in college or university, that's who you listen to. Not some 20 year old who won the genetic lottery. Anyway, the white haired man. When... He tries to correct Prancer. Now, bear in mind, this story happened probably seven years ago. It's just, I, I, like my, my friend Deborah moved to L.A. like, like five years ago. So it, it's, it's a, been a while. And um, so when Prancer was so defiant to the white-haired man, he just basically went, okay, and he gave me an eyebrow raise, you know, as if to say, woo. She's a whole bag of crazy, am I right? That's what the eyebrow, that's what it, it indicated, right? And you're telling me that today, on June 13th, 2018, I should have announced the date at the beginning. 
Um, you're going to tell me that you've never seen me before. Never met, I, I, I grant you. You know, it just makes you realize as a middle-class white male, you were just, you're invisible. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I am sure there are many people out there who go, I wish I was invisible, especially to the police. The police are after me because I'm not invisible. Right? So. I have to move on. I have to accept that uh, I don't register to humans. It's one of the things, you know, I was thinking about comedy. Uh, Me and uh, a couple of my friends, we were talking about the Canadian comedians and how people never remember who you are. But I'm not sure it's they never remember who you are. They they never remember the not overweight. And I know I call myself a fat piece of shit, and I am. But, you know, I'm not visibly heavy. I just, I, I, I'm visibly disgusting when I take off my shirt. But uh, the, the white, you know, middle class looking... Five foot ten, 160 pounds, 170 pounds, just sensible haircut. We just blend right in. And I think that's great when you're working at companies. You know, you can be the CEO, no problem. But when you're trying to be in the public eye and you have no uh, discernible features, it's just... And you just get lost in the shuffle. That's what I'm thinking. And you're like, Mark, there are many, many, many white, male, middle-class comedians who are uh, super famous right now. And I say, shut up. Get your own podcast if you're going to talk like that. But I'll tell you what else was interesting at the gym. Is that uh, we were all giving Nick the gears. We were, uh, we were making fun of him because Nick is always correcting everyone's form. And uh, like I said about in-shape people, you should listen to them. You know, you, really, you probably should listen to Nick if he's talking about, you're not doing this exercise right, do it like this. You know, when he's obviously, he knows what he's talking about, he looks the way he looks. But it is a running gag amongst us that Nick is, anytime we see someone, we're like, why don't you go over there and correct their form, you know? Plus, Beardy, our mortal nemesis. Uh, for those of you who are new to the podcast, there was a the head personal trainer who is not in shape, by the way, um, at our gym. He has he had ad, he's admonished Nick. He is he's become an enemy to all at the gym, and a lot because he was saying Nick was was per, uh, being a personal trainer to people and probably getting paid under the table. It was all hearsay. Wild accusations based on nothing. And we all hate his guts. Anyway, so that's part of our running gag is that, uh, you know, Nick should correct their form and then get kicked out of the gym. Hilarious. So today, they're mentioning that he really has to go correct this guy's form. And uh, I turn around 
And it's someone I've never seen at the gym before. This fucking black dude who's ripped. Just looking like a goddamn Adonis. And honest to God, my first thought was, we need him in the group. We got to get this guy into the group. I don't know how to do it. I know Nick knows how to do it. So we're going to get him to do it. But I think we need him in the group. He's going to drag up the average. What he's going to do is he's going to counterbalance the me in the group. Because now that I've been away so long, like the guys have gotten in way too good shape. So the brothers in muscular arms, they uh, they look like I'm not part of their group anymore. You know, I never, I never really looked like I was part of their group. But when I was in a bit better shape and Steve wasn't a fucking bodybuilding dynamo, it looked like it was possible that I could hang out with these guys. Not anymore. You know, so if that's the case, if we have another guy who's wicked ripped, then it just cancels me out. You know, actually, it makes no sense what I just said, because now you'll have three guys, four guys, if you include Hisham, in amazing shape. Five guys, if you include the white-haired man, who I don't know if he's in the group. But, and then you got me, a stand-up comedian with a spare tire. We all need the comic relief. I'll be the second last one killed in our horror movie. You don't kill the comic relief until the second last guy. Anyway. And here's what I love about the guys. All right? We're, we're fucking around in the gym. We're boys who will be boys. Making our jokes at one another. And then, uh, you know, I overhear Steve, I think, Steve, his his love life is has gone sour. I believe he has lost his girlfriend, and uh, he's upset about it. You know, and the guys are there for him. And they're just sure they're fucking around and they're making fun of him about it, but they're not. But they're not saying anything. You know that that would actually hurt someone's feelings. And they're saying, "Ah, oh, you're better off. You're better off without her." You know, she sounds like a hussy. Stuff like that. They talk like they're from the 40s. Ah, great group of guys. You know, it'll be nice to get back to the gym. I gotta, I'll have to go back, figure out what the white-haired man's name is. And today, though, because the babysitter, so she has, uh, um, she had Sam at the, at the park. At the park, I have, I saw the, the white-haired man. And I told Agat, that is his, it's, it's, I think that's Agatha in French, Agat. Anyway, I told her that, um, it's probably going to be a thunderstorm. So we can take Sam to the park. I'll go to the gym. When I finish the gym, I'll come back and we'll all walk back together. You know, I said, but if you feel like it's about to rain, maybe just take him home. And it didn't rain at all the entire time I was at the gym. And then I leave, you know, after reconnecting with the boys, listening to their sympathy for Steve. And I um, cross the road, and then I start getting hit with darts. A fucking thunderstorm. So I tell you, I'm in full sprint, because I know 
Agat is going to be panicking to try to get this kid in his stroller so that she can bolt back to our apartment. And uh, and I know he's going to protest because he always protests. So I bo- I'm, I'm in a full sprint. By the way, a man running as fast as he can through a children's park, it turns a lot of heads. So I, uh, I get to the kid. I try to put him in. I'm no better. I'm no help to a gat. I can't get this kid in his fucking stroller. So I just pick him up, and we start sprinting. I'm like, you get the stroller again. I got this baby. Let's go. And we start running, and the rain is pretty heavy. But uh, we're about halfway home, and I see some people hiding under shelters trying to wait it out, you know? And I'm like, ah, you fucking pussies. I'll make it. And then the rain starts so hard, it blows over the stroller, which luckily did not have a baby in it. And uh, then he starts screeching, right? And uh, and I I would screech, but the wind has taken my breath. Agat is just, she's just, hair's blown all over the place. She can't see a thing. She's trying to hold onto this stroller, which keeps getting tipped over. The rain is fucking, like, it's... My eyes are being bored out of my head. And, um, gored? Out of my head? Bored? I know. Anyway, I digress. So, uh, and then I try to put him back in the stroller, like, so he can put, at least put the rain cover on. But then he grabs the rain cover and he wraps it around his head in an effort to hang himself. And I'm like, well, this is not working out. So I haul him out and then, um, we just have to, we just have to run. And, uh, we're, we're a good 10 minutes away from, from the apartment. And uh, it was a fucking disaster. We got home. We were soaked to the bone. My Apple Watch, I believe, is broken because I got the old one. I'm, I'm an early adopter, guys. And that wasn't waterproof, you know? Oh, shit, I'm at 27 minutes. This one's only supposed to be 30. And all I've talked about is the gym. All right. I'll talk about... Uh... Anyway, long story short... Baby, shivering, dried him off. Uh, he was a, a mess for the rest of the evening, just crying, yelling. He's probably traumatized because I'm a terrible father. That's the moral of that story. I will say this. My wife handles things uh, pretty well. Like this type of stuff, she handles pretty well. We got home. She, she shows up uh, from work. She sees uh, the babysitter drenched, me drenched, um, our child naked on the, on the couch, shivering. And she, she's like, hey, so what's uh, going on? And she was like, you weren't caught in that rain, were you? And we're like, yeah. And she was like, oh, that's, well, what's an adventure? And I was like, you know what? It is a fucking adventure. You can look at it, you know, that way. We went out. We had a nice experience with Mother Nature where we almost died. So what I wanted to bring up on this podcast, which I have not done, and it's almost over, is, uh, you know, we just had an election here in Ontario, and we voted in uh, right wing, uh, just like a lot of the world is doing. And so one of my friends, he lives in the building, he was asking, he's from Germany, he was like, hey, so what's going on? Uh, What do you think everybody's voting in the the right wing? And And I said, I'll tell you what I know, I know the answer. It's the disappearing of the middle class. If you look around the world, that uh, the middle class is, is, is just being scooped out. 
there's very the the poor and then the very rich. There's and there's more of both. Of course, there's not many of the very rich, but there's lots of the poor now. And uh, the and there, there used to be a ton of people in the middle, but even in countries like Canada, that is disappearing rapidly. So people keep seeing their spending power going down, their quality of life going down, and uh, so they want change. And the change that's often offered is uh, they want radical change. You know, so that's why, like, they'll go with a guy like Trump because down the states because. He is a he's a celebrity and he's a businessman in in their minds. So, you know, maybe he can do something because they have seen even under Obama and stuff like that. The, they have they have seen that the middle class keeps disappearing. The money is being funneled to to the select few. And so it's not so much, you know, people are like, oh, the politicians, the right wing governments across the world they're 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 manipulative they lie this is what a lot of the the liberal type people say they lie they get russia to help them with their elections they you know they 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 move ridings around the electoral college and in our in we have a, a similar thing in canada where they they're moving the you know the districts around or, or they have they have certain candidates that they know are going to win in this district and blah 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 and then yeah well that's all fine and dandy but why is it happening all across the world? You know, at every at every level. And it's because, you know, people, once upon a time, you could get a regular job and you could get a house and two cars and raise three to five kids. Imagine, I said to my wife, imagine having a regular job like a job like my father had. And in today's world, in 2018 in Toronto, and trying to buy a house and two cars and raise three kids like my father did. And she said, yeah, you wouldn't even, you wouldn't even get to rent anything. For, like, the it, houses around here. The house that my dad bought when we were in Toronto, when we were kids, would be worth right now a million five, maybe two million. Not joking. Like, a million five. So my dad would have to take his middle-class salary, buy a million five house, buy the two cars he had, which were, like, first owner, him. He had two cars, one for my mother and one for him. His mom used to drive us around. And so, and that's when people are like, oh, make America great again, and et cetera, et cetera. They're not saying, oh, you know, fuck the black people. I just, uh, I hate it. what they're saying is, at least I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. Maybe some of them are saying fuck the black people. And to those people, I say, don't say that. But what people are saying is that they're struggling now. They, they have to pinch every penny. They have to watch every bit of their grocery bill. And like the economies are supposedly doing well in a lot of countries. The states, they're saying their economy's doing well. In Canada, they say the economy's doing well. But if you ask the boots on the ground, the people in the streets, they say that every year it gets harder to afford what they once could afford. And they don't like it. And so somebody's got to do something about it, right? And so when they get a guy like Doug Ford, who is our guy, our Donald Trump right now here in Ontario, who is now the premier... People go, well, maybe he can do something about it. He promised $1 beers. He was like, I'll give you $1 beers. I'm going to cut your taxes. And people were like, fine. 
I fucking, that sounds good to me. I can't afford my beers anymore because I have no disposable income and my taxes are too high because I have no disposable income. So maybe, yeah, let's give this guy a shot. Of course, his policies don't make a lot of sense. Beer manufacturers and, and the, the liquor stores and the beer stores, they've all said, we can't sell beers for a dollar because beers cost more than a dollar. So I don't know why he said that, but we will never be selling beers for a dollar. So he was saying the taxes are so high on beers. When I cut the taxes, there'll be a dollar. It's not true. Any hoozles. All I'm saying is that uh, we need to get along, right? People are screaming and yelling, and the social media is making it worse. Is everyone's just fighting with one another, and they're blaming it's your fault for this, and it's your fault for that, and and it's and it's it's manipulation tactics this, and manipulation tactics that. But if you were to just, if you were all to get together and realize, you know what the problem is, it's it's the same problem as that one percenter movement. It hasn't changed. The problem is all the all the money and the wealth is being filtered away from uh, regular folks. You know. Like myself, I'm a renter, and I will not possibly buy a house because i it's ridiculous. You know? Anyway, that's my take on it. It's, it's, it's not that the world is getting insanely fearful and conservative and right-wing and racist, and, and sure, there's, there's a lot of problems, and there are lots of people who, who are like that. I... I fully admit. However, what I'm saying is your average everyday person is feeling the weight of their spending power being reduced and they feel like something should be done about it. So they're looking for the biggest change that they can. Does that make any sense? Probably not. After all, I'm a fucking idiot. A fat fucking idiot. Speaking of that, I'm going to go upstairs and get my $3 beer Bought some Sam Adams. They were on sale because I got to pinch every penny. 20 cents a can. 20 cents off a tall boy. Got my $3 beer upstairs and I'm going to have it. Now that the little demon child who went through a severe thunderstorm has finally been put to bed. And uh, sorry this one went a little long, folks. I got You got, got an extra five minutes out of me. And that's that's pretty good, really. Talk to you soon. Well, soon. I'll, t- I'll talk to you on Monday. Do a release the next one on Monday. Thanks for listening. I'm going to uh, go upstairs and watch this uh, crime show. Oh, I'm watching another fucking crime show. The um, One of those frustrating, you know, The Making of a Murderer was the first one I watched. And this one is, it's, it's a similar one called The Staircase. And you're just watching it getting so frustrated. And thinking that the justice system is so severely flawed. Oh, man. So entertaining. Anyway. Yeah, check it out. I've been enjoying it so far. This is Mark Bennett. Saying goodnight. I said shut up.